What's up, hikers, mountaineers, adventurers? Welcome back to another episode of the Badia Summit podcast. My name is Kiprono Letting, the host. And today I have here with me James Muhia. James Muhia was one of the two Kenyans that went to climb uh, Manaslu, which is the eighth highest mountain in the world, 8,163 meters. And he not only made Kenyan history, but also African history. He climbed uh, the mountain with Chariot Kirui, and they did the climb to the summit without using supplemental oxygen and also without using sharper support, which is an incredible achievement. <laughs> and uh, before we get to talk about this, I'd like to officially congratulate you. Right. On summiting Manaslu, <laughs> yes, to you and Chariot. Thank you. Yes. All right, Muhia. So yeah. you're a trail runner, yeah. mountaineer, mm -hmm. rock climber. Yeah. I just looked at maybe some of your bio. Okay. Or what's, what do you do, let's say, like in your personal life? Um, like on a daily basis? Yeah, daily. Okay, um, outside mountains, outside mountains, I run a garage, a motor vehicle repair garage, okay, and um, I sell motor vehicle spare parts, okay, um, based where in Nakuru, okay, I'm based in Nakuru since 2020, uh, before then, I was based in Nairobi, um, and then, uh, once in a while, I camp, I rock climb. Mm -hmm. I run um, and I climb mountains, yes. Family? Um, two kids, mm -hmm. a boy and a girl, uh, and, uh, and a wife. Okay. Yeah. So how did this, because I'd like to know like maybe a brief mountain history about you. How does one, how did you start your journey? Uh, I started the first hike um was sometimes in 2017 yeah when a friend of mine invited me for a hike um and well i must say i didn't show up for the first two hikes she invited me uh but i showed up uh for the third hike out of uh trying to prove to myself that i can keep a promise then uh, I showed up, hiked. I liked the hike. I liked the company. Which hike was that? It was somewhere in Ukambani, Kilimakiu. Kilimakiu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We were. Uh, I think that we finished the hike at some place called Kilome. Mm -hmm. It was a very hot day, very hot hike. Uh, I always thought I was fit. That hike proved otherwise to me, but. Um, it also challenged me to, you know, not not think I'm fit simply by uh, the fact that I'm not fat, <laughs> but mm -hmm. you know, uh, you're an active person then. Uh, not not very, but once in a while I could maybe uh, take three kilometer, five kilometer jog, but th those jogs were far and in between. I mean, they were, they were, they were, I'm not, I wasn't consistent, let me say that. Um, so that hike proved to me that I'm not really fit as I thought. 
because I really I struggled. Well, I wasn't prepared for it, so I didn't have like water or snacks. Nilienda tu. And um, but then I I met a group of very generous hikers. So they shared their water, they shared their snacks. They sh- I, I, at the end of the hike, probably I had more food than anybody else because everyone was sharing their, uh, their snacks. Um, and um, they were pre- the group was preparing to climb Mount Kenya. So they had other hikes planned. So I, I, I thought maybe I should join them for those ones. And uh, eventually in August, 2017, I climbed Mount Kenya to Lenana Summit for the first time. Okay. Yeah. So 2017 and now that's six years. Yes. So six years, Mount Kenya to Manasi. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then after Mount Kenya, of course, Kili, Ruenzori. After Mount Kenya, Ruenzori. Uh-huh. Um, then I went to Kyrgyzstan. I climbed uh, Lenin Peak, which is a 7,134 meters. Okay. After Lenin is when I, I came and climbed Mount Kenya. I climbed Lenin Peak before I did Kilimanjaro, actually, yes. Lenin Peak, it's so random. Why, why Lenin Peak? Um, uh. I think w- once I, I did, um, once I climbed Renzori, mm-hmm. that was in June 2018, I loved the glacier walk and um, Something, I think I just loved the snow and the glacier walk and everything. And I, when we came down, I think when we reached Kampala, I just went to Google and started Googling uh, the next mountain. And the following month in July, I found myself in Kyrgyzstan climbing a 7,000 meter peak. How, how difficult is that? Is it it's, um, doable to most? It's doable to most. Okay especially now with their climbing program, acclimatization and all, it's, um, it's, it's not too dangerous. Um, but of course you need to be quite prepared for the altitude. Okay. Yeah. Another notable climbs I see, you did Kantengri, which is also yeah. in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, after, yeah, I think I fell in love with the country okay. and with their mountains. Their people are extremely welcoming. And um, then when I was doing Lenin Peak, then I learned there were five mountains above 7,000 meters within the region. Uh, so it's, it's my goal to climb all of them. So I went back in 2019 and I climbed Kantegri, which, was, which is 7,010 meters. Um, I did not summit Kantegri. It, we, we, we turned back probably an hour to the, to the summit because the weather just turned uh, very, it was very harsh. Mm-hmm. Kantegri is the most northern 7,000 meter peak. So the weather is extremely unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the window period to climb the mountain is probably two or three weeks. And in the month of July, okay. mid-July, beginning August, and I arrived quite late in the season. And between Lenin Peak and Kanteng region is easier. Lenin Peak is Lenin. definitely, Kantegri is very technical. Okay. 
is also a mixture of rock climbing and and, and snow climbing. Okay. Uh, so it's it's quite technical. It's rope work from camp one to most of the route up to up to the summit. Okay. It's rope work, a lot of rope work. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And of course you did Amadablam. Ah yes, the, yeah. <laughs> the mountain that took a bite, yes. Yeah, and then we talked about it in the previous yes. episode. Mm -hmm. And then of course, yeah, you got the frostbite. Yeah, I got the frostbite. So that that for some time uh you know put my climbing at uh, at a bit of a pause mm. to allow myself to heal, to to think whether this is something I want to proceed with. Uh, at some point after Madablam and seeing uh, how my fingers were, mm. I had considered, um, you know, just um, shifting my interest elsewhere mm. and, 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 uh, and either scaling down on my mountaineering or stopping altogether. Mm. But um, after the, the, my hands healed and, you know, uh, after very, uh, very hard thinking, I thought I really needed an 8,000. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've done 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, 7,000. The last one is 8,000. Now 8,000 tick. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and how yeah. was it like for your family? Now I can assume like it was like a tough period, especially after Amadablam. Amad yeah. For it now, maybe to keep going. How is it like on that? Um, I think uh, probably they are supportive, uh, and especially my siblings. Probably be because they really. It's only after Amadablam that they actually now came to know the risks that are involved in high altitude mountaineering. Mm -hmm. um, but I was uh, able, uh, at least for this climb in Manaslu, call them, tell them um, what risks are involved and, 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 and just put their minds at ease mm -hmm. that uh, eventually I'll, I'll, I'll be back. Yes. And you reassured them everything. I reassured them. I, uh, yeah, but I think they have also embraced the fact that that this is my passion. Yeah, this is what I'm doing, and and allowed me to explore that space. Mm. Yeah, uh, let's talk about Manaslu now. Now, before the climb, <laughs> like why Manaslu? Okay. Then you you climbed with Chariot. Mm -hmm. Is this is this was it your plan or is it something like you both? Planned? Okay. Yeah. Um. Uh, First, I've, I've always wanted to do an 8,000 meter peak. Mm -hmm. um, and I said I, I, I would do whatever it takes to get to an 8,000, even if it's just one 8,000, you know? Because uh, initially when I was climbing Amadablam, my, my next immediate goal was um, Everest. Uh, but, um, well, I got the frostbite and a lot of things happened in between. And I thought uh, maybe I should go slow. Mm 
and uh, take one summit at a time. So I think there was a time we were driving to Mount Kenya with myself, Chariot, Victor, Limo for the for the next tour. And we just dis started discussing whether we should do an 8,000 meter peak together. And Kenyan squad. Yeah, we because it has always been uh, my desire to climb with a Kenyan team on on these high altitude mountains. I, I, I think there's a time after Cantegri, I said for the next high altitude climb, I would want to have a Kenyan climbing partner. Mm -hmm. So we started throwing those ideas around like, um, why not? Let's look at it. I had thought of doing Manaslu um, when I when I got my first bite. I thought maybe it wouldn't be wise to go directly to Everest without testing uh, the new hands. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you got your first bite. That was twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Okay. Yeah. So after when I was going through the surgery process and the healing process, yeah. I thought maybe I should do a lower 8,000 before Everest so that I can try and see, can I handle myself in that altitude with, uh, with, with, with these hands, you know? Because like after the surgery, it was five fingers. It was, I got amputation mm. on five fingers. Not complete amputation, but yes. simply shorter fingers. Um, and um, luckily I could grab on things and all, though the grip was not as strong mm -hmm. as before. So I thought it may be wise to go to a lower 8,000. So I had thought of doing Manaslu in now 2022, mm -hmm. September. But during that ride, when we started throwing these ideas around, I thought maybe I should wait and until at least one or two more Kenyans are ready for an 8,000, and then we climb together. Mm -hmm. it, would, it, it, it would make more sense to climb together than just rush and do one alone and then, you know. So we started talking and actually we, we came together and agreed we are going to climb. I think there were five of us. Uh, and then we chose a mountain in Pakistan, Gashabram II. Um, that was supposed to be done this year, uh, June, July. But then as time went by, uh, for some people, the timing became a bit tricky because of work. Uh, the budget uh, became a bit high and some people dropped. And then even for us, the budget for Gashabram became uh, too high. What's the budget for that? Um, initially, we were to do around six thousand to eight thousand dollars each. USD. Yeah, but it also based on uh, the number of people. So as people dropped, now that figure kept changing. I think by the time we we were left, myself and Chariot, the the budget was around. I think $13,000 per person. So we thought that was out of our 
budget so man nasli is much cheaper so yes yeah, so we, we we now sought i had consulted on manaslu for my 2022 climb so we just uh, shifted focus to manaslu mm -hmm. uh, luckily we had time to arrange for it because you see this one was supposed to be done in the gashabram was supposed to be done in june and the season for manaslu is september october so we at least we had time to uh, to readjust and refocus on manaslu oh, okay. so yeah we 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 now settled on Manaslu with Chariot. Now, like Chariot, I wish she was here. Uh, <laughs> yes. You should look for him. Uh, and, and, and Tafuta. And he has very interesting stories. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Like now for Chariot, no, he is mainly like a trail runner, ultra yes. runner. Mm -hmm. uh, he had little mountaineering experience, like the technical yeah. bit. Mm -hmm. So. And then I know before Manaslu, you went to Batian with Chariot. Yes. Was yes. that like his first like trial to see if? Um, yeah, but I, I I don't think Chariot was going to Batian because of Manaslu. No. Okay. Um, actually, at that point, we had not settled on Manaslu. Okay. And that was beginning of this year. Yeah, that was in, I think we did Batian with him in January yeah. of this year. Yeah. What happened is... Um, I think some December of last year, uh, he called me, he said he he's thinking of climbing Batian once, like as a bucket list item. Mm -hmm. So so he was looking for tips, how do I train? And I referred him to a trainer and so and then I mentioned by the way I'm planning to do it in January. His plan was to do it in March. Mm -hmm. But then I mentioned I'm doing it mid-January because uh, I wanted to climb. Uh, I had not climbed Batian mm -hmm. after my frostbite and surgeries. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to climb and feel the rocks with my, you know, with my fingers. They are very sensitive. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to see how painful, how uh, can I hold on to a rock for long if I need to. Uh, how, how will they react to extreme cold? So I wanted to climb. Mm. And how was it then now for you climbing Batian? It was uh, it was okay. I okay. think um, I, I had a few moments where I was bleeding, uh, but I I was bleeding, but I couldn't feel pain. Okay. So I I couldn't. Uh, but it was a good experience. It was a good trial. Um, so Cheriot decided that he doesn't need that much of training and join me in January mm -hmm. after just one visit to Hell's Gate for training. Just one visit. Just one visit and he came along okay. and we got to the summit. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, you know, Chariot is primarily a trail runner, mm -hmm. a natural runner. So I believe that has helped him develop the, the right mental and physical endurance that is required for such a climb like Manaslu. So I wasn't worried about, I was only concerned about the altitude because I think the highest he has ever been is Kilimanjaro. And of course not to sleep at Kilimanjaro, but you see on Manaslu, the, the first camp we slept 
was 5,800, the height of Kilimanjaro. Mm. So camp that was one. a, yeah? That's camp one. That's, that's camp one, yeah. Mm. So you you can imagine, you, you he's never slept at that uh, height. At least previously, I've, ever, I've, I've slept at 6,100, so I didn't have a problem so much with that. But I think I was relying more on his mental and physical endurance yeah. than his experience. And uh, you see, all these experiences he's ever gone through puts his body under immense stress. And, and, and that can also translate to, you know, you can endure whatever you, pain. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe it was a different experience, but that mental and uh, uh, space to, to be able to endure pain and discomfort, okay. I think I banked on that. What about uh, now Manas, like, like now the climb? You know, mm. most people do the climb heavily supported. Yes. You know, you go with your sharper, <laughs> you go with oxygen yes, you know, yes. to help you go. Mm -hmm. we so, we actually realized uh okay we decided to go without supplemental oxygen and uh, shepherd support most of our clients like even the lake tour on uh, mount kenya we we don't use porters mm -hmm. we carry our own tents food and everything so we decided to translate that into high altitude mountains of course it saved us a lot of money mm -hmm. uh, budget wise but primarily we wanted to experience the mountain it's in its raw form we agreed that manaslu will be more of a learning opportunity for us so we didn't have pressure to summit mm -hmm. uh, so we, we we agreed that let's explore the mountain let's learn let's see how these things are so we didn't want to be heavily supported so we chose to go without shepherds mm -hmm. of course the 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 the, um, the bit we were we would not have compromised was the oxygen bit we didn't want to, to do it without with oxygen at all come sir yeah we Why wanted even if we get to a hundred meters short of the summit and we had to turn back that that was agreeable to us yeah, we just wanted to experience the mountain in its raw form. Mm -hmm. Just see how far our bodies can go. You, you can never learn that if you have oxygen. So do you believe that's how it should be, Ama? Well, I, I, I believe that um, you should enjoy the mountain the best way mm -hmm. you, you know how. Oxygen is the, a cheat. The, the best way, the best way you you can experience you see when you're going to the mountain you're not just going to walk otherwise you would have walked all over kenya mm. but you're going to experience something different you're going to experience something different from kilimanjaro something different from mount kenya how are you going to experience something different if you cannot feel that altitude if you are because of the oxygen tax mm. you know if you need to feel the attitude. You need to feel the changes in your body. Can you handle them? You need to feel that. That is the that is the something different. Otherwise, um, it wouldn't make sense to climb that high and still 
uh, walk and breathe normally. Mm. You need that challenge to expand your lungs and to, <laughs> you know. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, for so, how did you prep now for the for the climb? I think we did we did um, the physical bit. We did a lot of, uh, of course, runs. But towards the end, the runs became more of hikes. Okay. Uh, so we were hiking with our bags on Mount Kenya, okay. uh, mostly. So, so we, we, we were deliberate in carrying even more weight than we kilos? possibly needed, mm -hmm. at least 20 kilos. So we, 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 we used to climb Mount Kenya with our bags, and then we would go to Lewis Glacier mm -hmm. just to feel the ice and... Uh, because, um, you know, we, you use different kind of boots, you have those crampons. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to have a feel of, of, of them. At least I had the boots with me. The so, yeah, yeah, the, the high-altitude boots. Okay. So we were able to, and uh, Chariot had imported some crampons and all, okay. and ice access. So we just wanted to have... I feel, of course, it's not the uh, ideal uh, training ground for such a mountain, but you work with what we have. Yeah. Because we didn't have a lot of time to, you know, and even resources to go to, um, like, Ruenzori. Probably we would have gone and camped at the higher part of Ruenzori and mm. do that glacier climb several times. Okay. Uh, yeah, but uh, we also... Uh, incorporated a lot of um, personally I did a bit of strength training it's only after the climb that uh, Chariot realized he needed strength tra training yeah, I read a story <laughs> he's still getting yeah. that <laughs> but uh, yeah uh, it's important it was okay. important but that came towards the end I think we were more concentrated on keeping our fitness levels okay. very high and now just doing a bit of technical training. So running? Running was... was hiking Mount Kenya with a heavy pack. Yes. Walking Lewis Glacier. Yes. So that was adequate. Yeah, towards training. the end we, we stopped, like not stopped, but we really minimized our running. Just did the normal morning run, mm -hmm. not the crazy weekend runs. And now did more walks. Okay. Yeah. So what about rock climbing? Uh, not, not really. Uh, we really didn't do a lot of rock climbing mm. because you see on Manaslu, there's no much rock climbing. It's a very small section. Mm -hmm. And, uh, cause most of the way you use the fixed ropes. So where you use an ascender to pull yourself up most of the times. Mm -hmm. So there's no much rock climbing involved. Okay. Yeah. So like Manaslu, how long is like the climb in terms of days? Um, the first, the first, uh, the whole expedition, you mean? Yes. The whole, um, it took us, okay. When we signed up, the organizer first gave us a 42-day itinerary from airport to climb back to airport. Okay. And we felt, okay, uh, it's, too we, it's too long. So we... We, we proposed a 30-day climb that the, the organizer felt it was also too squeezed. Mm -hmm. 
but eventually i think we settled for um we did we left here on 8th arrived on 9th mm -hmm. so came back on 20 Kathmandu yeah on the morning of 9th yeah then um, spent the day uh, doing some shopping then the following day now we did now the full shopping hiring of the gear because uh, some of the gear we couldn't afford to buy so we had to hire like which ones like the summit suit okay. or like um, uh, the summit suit the sleeping bag the high altitude sleeping bags okay. the tent so we we uh, we hired them in Kathmandu then the following day we left drove to a certain small town and then started the hike for the next we hiked for the next uh, three days mm -hmm. to arrive at the base camp and when you're hiking you're carrying like all the stuff that you need no no for the approach yeah. we were just carrying our normal day, day, okay. day bags they were donkeys the mules okay. that okay. we were, that was carrying now the heavy the heavy equipment and the provisions at the uh, base camp okay so we hiked for three days we arrived at the base camp then that night we arrived at the base camp we we prepped at around what 4 a.m the following morning we to were go. we were we were yeah <laughs> we went to camp one we so, started hiking to camp one so with the organizer, his role was just to take you to base camp. Then yeah. after that, you're on your own. The, yeah, the, the organizer was, was to take us. The agreement, you get us to get us permits and okay. get us to base camp. Okay. And then uh, get us, after our climb, get us back to Kathmandu. So now before your climb, like how, would, how did you like prep, like know where to go ah, okay. and all that? Um... I had downloaded a GPX map of the of, of the mountain route, mm -hmm. but then I realized I actually didn't need it because the route was well marked, both by, you know, steps by of the people ahead of you, and some sections the ropes. Um, so it was very easy to follow the route. Um, we also, I think, we did quite some research especially because we were do we were not using oxygen we needed to research on a proper summit plan mm -hmm. or climbing acclimatization and summit plan so before then a few people reached out to me one of them is the south african lady magil mountains okay she reached out, she's climbed um, uh, Manaslu before. Mm -hmm. So she offered some tips on how to, how to acclimatize and the difference between acclimatizing with oxygen and without. So it is different. Okay. 
and then the guy we were we we we, we met at uh, Amadablam, you know, the Italian the Italian guy that the Italian guy that we we submitted we submitted with mm -hmm. Amadablam reached out to me. He had climbed uh, Manaslu in 2015 without supplemental oxygen, mm -hmm. so he also offered some insights. So that also that we that helped us, um, you know, know what is required of us. Mm -hmm. But then uh, the plan actually the plan changed when we got to the mountain, not because we wanted to, because of the circumstances. So what was the initial plan, and then the the initial plan was the initial plan was to uh, climb from, you know, leave base camp. Climb to camp one, sleep there. Climb to camp two, sleep there. Go to camp three, uh, sleep. Possibly go to camp four, and then then go all the way back to base camp. Rest for two days or three. Wait for the weather, and then now start the camp the summit push. That would be camp one, sleep. Camp two, sleep. Camp three, sleep. Then summit from camp three. Um, that was the initial. Plan. That was the that was the initial plan, okay. and that was that is an ideal plan. Ideal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but then we realized summiting or climbing without shepherd support was actually more of the challenge than climbing without oxygen. The weight on the, any small weight on that altitude feels extremely heavy. So. When we started, we said, fine, let's go. Uh, you know, we were carrying our tent. And then we, we made a mistake or uh, an oversight. We, we, we carried one tent. We would have probably done better with two tents. Okay. So we thought... Where would the second tent be? Probably we would um, put one tent at camp two and the other tent at camp four for the summit but for acclimatization put one tent at camp one okay. and the other one at camp three okay. uh, but uh, we we just didn't do our calculation properly so we went with one tent so first day we went to camp one we spent there uh, we had thought of going, proceeding to camp two instead of camp one, but because we thought because of the altitude difference and because we need to sleep, camp one would be the best to start sleeping there mm -hmm. instead of camp two because camp two is at six four. Okay. So we we slept at camp one, and then the following day, we decided instead of carrying the tent to camp two. Just climb to camp two, then come back to camp one. Uh, that way, uh, you know, we, 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 we climb high, we sleep low. Because we realized we are walking quite slowly with the, all the weight. Mm -hmm. So we thought, instead of climbing one way to camp one, to camp two now from camp one, we just climb to camp two and come back to camp one. Is it because also also the weight that you yeah actually uh, uh, the, yeah because of also the weight we realize that 
carrying your your provisions because you remember you see when we were climbing the first acclimatization we were also carrying trying to carry extra food to keep there for for the summit push mm. to deposit there mm. so we were carrying our summit jackets that we didn't need then our summit suits we didn't need for the climb but they were in our bags mm. we were carrying the high altitude sleeping bags so you needed to take them to the higher camps so so the second day we decided fine we climb to camp 2 and come back to camp 1 that's what we did okay. and then the third day we decided to take the tent now to and the provisions to camp 2 set the camp there leave everything there and go back to the to base camp mm -hmm. so but then when we set the camp at camp 2 um uh, I, I was left finishing the setup and Chariot decided to go a bit higher mm -hmm. to near Camp 3 and now come back. To like acclimatize. To acclimatize, okay. which, which was actually very good mm -hmm. because, um, you know, he almost went to near Camp 3. So that was much higher altitude than I did. But then I did a lot of work at Camp 2. So I thought all that exertion mm. at Camp 2 also amounts to acclimatization. Just setting up the tent. Setting up the tent and everything. Okay. Um, so we went back down at camp, uh, to base camp on the third day. So the plan was to wait for two days and climb again. Because also we were watching the weather. When we got to the mountain, most of the people had started climbing, acclimatizing. So there was a chance for a weather window opening before we could finish acclimatizing. Mm -hmm. And that we actually realized that the time we were acclimatizing was also an open weather window. Mm -hmm. So if we were acclimatized, we would have submitted at that time, at that point. Uh, but uh, because by the time we got to the base camp, the rope fixing team had already arrived at the summit. Okay. So we did, then decided, fine, uh, let's watch the weather. Um, and then let's, let's feel how, 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 how the, the body recovers and then decide. And as you're in base camp, mm -hmm. you've left your stuff at camp two. Yeah. And camp two is 6,400 meters now. Camp two is 6,400. So we left, we left the tent, yeah. then inside the tent we kept um, the summit suit. Mm -hmm. um, we, we had one sleeping bag, so we had to come down with it. Um, we, ha we left um, extra food that, that, was, that we didn't require. We deposited some of the gas, cooking gas. Okay. We left it there. Uh, so for use during the next climb. And usually you can just leave your stuff there then to be touched or... Yeah, there is a... No one will pick them unless they're in case of an emergency. Okay. Um, the only risk is if you set your tent uh, badly and there's, uh, there's, there's strong wind, you might not get your tent. Oh, so you can climb and that happens a lot on that mountain at Camp 3. 
Yeah. Okay. Because even we were told, yeah, if you don't have to leave something in country, don't. Because it's 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 in a very precarious situation mm-hmm. where you it's last season people lost their entire supplies mm. at camp 3 because of an avalanche and also strong winds okay yeah so you put your stuff there you went back to base camp went back to base camp mm-hmm. so the plan was rest for two days mm-hmm. and then do another acclimatization climb probably go all the way to camp 3 and sleep there and then go back down mm-hmm. and now uh, rest again and now plan for the summit. So go to come three, that means you'll remove your tent and come to carry it, come three. Yeah, then, okay. then come back down. Okay. But then uh, when, when, as we were watching the weather, we saw the weather improving. So on, on 20, we, we wanted to do that second acclimatization 20, on 20, 22nd, 22nd, 24th, and 23rd, and then rest. And then we had planned for a 28th September summit. But then we, we, the weather was improving. And we thought maybe we can try and push for the summit. As we go for the second acclimatization, if the body responds well, just go for the summit instead of coming back to this camp. So we left base camp with two plans for the second now climb. We can summit and we can use it as a second acclimatization climb. So we, we, we went all the way now to camp two because we left the tent at, we didn't have a tent at camp one. So we left base camp, went to camp two. Uh, spent the night at Camp 2 and uh, we were debating whether to carry the tent to Camp 3 because uh, carrying those supplies as and as you climb without oxygen is actually quite uh, a task because even the shepherds who carry them they, they are from camp three, they use oxygen okay. to 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 take those um, supplies. supplies up there. Mm. So we decided, why don't we try to push for the summit from camp two? Okay. We were aware that it will be a very long push, like way long, but That's we were not fifteen hundred gain. Yeah, because mm. we we were not worried about. The, how long it will take because we are used to multi-day runs but then we were worried about gaining that much altitude all at once mm-hmm. uh, but we decided why not why not try 6400 meters from 6400 meters to 81 to 81 mm-hmm. so so we decided let's try it if it doesn't work we'll come back to camp two take rest and try again okay so um, at around 4, 4.30 p.m., we started the summit push. 4.30 p.m.? P.m., yes. This is the, the what? So, after, 
now the second day after leaving base camp for the second climb. Rotation. Yeah. The second climb. Yeah. Okay. So we left at um, we left at around four. The plan was to leave. Uh, I think we were supposed to leave a bit earlier, but uh, around three. But we thought probably we would arrive when it's In at night. No, no, at night. So we decided to leave a bit later. Okay. So at around four, I think it was four four thirty around that time. We started the climb. Now the idea is get to, the idea was we carried um, uh, cooking gas, these small canisters. I think it was like half a liter or something, mm -hmm. and then the burner and some cooking utensils. Because the idea was get to camp three, uh, rest a bit, make some tea and everything, put on our summit jackets. Mm -hmm. And then proceed okay. to proceed to now come four and summit. Okay. So we got to come three. By the time we got to come three, some some groups has started moving their their summit push. Most of the groups started the summit push from camp three. Okay. Uh, and bypass camp four okay. but some uh, were going to come for then summit and most of them were of course using their oxygen mm -hmm. from camp three wow and you're the only ones who started from camp two uh we we I, okay for our summit push we started from camp two i don't know yeah, if okay. there are others who started from camp two okay. uh, but there were other people who were do climbing without supplemental oxygen and they had their own program. Okay. So as we were doing with what was working for us. It's very flexible. Yeah, we were very flexible simply because we didn't have enough resources. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to be flexible. By choice. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we um, we were like, let's try this. If it doesn't work, we try something else. Because okay. we were alive to the fact that we, we, we were under-resourced. We were we, we we were not we, we were not experienced in terms of eight thousand. It was a fast eight thousand for both of us, mm -hmm. so we we were not too harsh on ourselves. So we got to camp three. I think uh, we 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 took like an hour, melting snow, making tea and whatever, uh, putting our warm. Uh, summit summit jackets and summit suits and then we started the climb to come for we didn't we didn't realize how far and the how tough the terrain between camp three and camp four was mm -hmm. we arrived at camp four early in the morning around six 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 thirty six a.m mm -hmm. yeah that's when we arrived at Camp 4. You know, by then we thought we would be at the summit. Okay. Uh, but now here we are at Camp 4. Mm -hmm. And Camp 4 is 7,400 meters. It's 7,400 meters, yes. Mm -hmm. So we, we thought maybe we should take a break and, and try to figure out, do we want to summit now 
because now the challenge was if we summit if we started for the summit at that time it's early in the morning would probably have a late evening or an afternoon summit mm -hmm. and that would pre present other complications like descending at night in that high altitude mm -hmm. and having no option like i mean you are at 8000 meters at 5 pm yeah. if anything happens it is it would be very difficult for people to come and rescue you and you there's no one else on the on the trail so after weighing our options we decided why don't we wait at camp four and in the evening we we start the summit again push again but then the challenge was camp four was at seven thousand four hundred it's a very exposed camp windy throughout even during the day it's very difficult to stay outside the tent we didn't have a tent at Camp 4. So we decided uh, probably it's better for us to, to, to borrow a tent. Mm -hmm. But then those groups, those, those companies, they were, they, they were just bringing just enough resources to Camp 4 for the summiting clients. So like they would bring just one tent or two tents just for those clients of theirs who are summiting. Because um, the summit push from Camp 4 starts at midnight. Mm -hmm. So it's just for that short period and people will start summiting. So the first guy we asked for a tent, we were ready to pay for it. This was at 6 a.m. when you reached the... It was, yeah, now it's around now 8. Okay. When now we decided probably summiting at this time would be a bit, uh, it's, it, it wouldn't be wise. And later we 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 knew we, we realized yeah it would have been a bad idea, so we 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 spent like two hours trying to borrow a tent. First of all, we wanted somewhere to shelter just from the wind, and also somewhere we can cook something, because we had the gas, we had some noodles, mm. we had some soup. So we just needed somewhere to shelter, to put our gas and cook. But every every company was like, um, no, this is for our customers, they are coming. We don't have enough resources. And and the, some of the shepherds started telling us, you have to go down, you can't be at this height without a tent, you have to go down. And at some point, Cherio told me, we need to go down. And then I told him, let me just try one more. Because uh, I was also concerned, eh? mm. spending so much time at that altitude mm. for, you know, at 74,000, I mean 7,400 meters, it is the first, it's a new altitude for both of us. Mm. But it is, the, the difference is, I've uh, been to 71, but I've never stayed for that long, even at 71. So there was also concern of, of exposure at that altitude. But also there was an issue. Climb, it, we, it took so much effort to climb to come for. So we were like, 
do we go back all the way down to camp two? Because that was the that was the nearest we could go. Mm. At least camp two, and then start again. So there was this: do we sacrifice and get tired for the next thirty-eight or forty-eight hours, or do we go back, rest, and come back? And we decided if we don't get an, an alternative for a tent by midday, we go down. So I went to I had met I had met um this one there, there there was one group, the elite expert, the Nimsdai Nimsdai group. Mm -hmm. I approached their 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 shepherd. And I explained to him, and he said, fine, you can use this tent, but there are clients coming and they will arrive from around 2 p.m. So when they come, you have to leave the tent. So he said, fine, we can rest here. We, st we, we actually went to the tent, started cooking, uh, rested, even took a nap. At around 1, 1.30, clients started arriving, and then we had to vacate the tent. But then... I we we were we we had talked with a few shepherds and it was like this is not the ideal thing you are doing you should go back but I knew if worst come to worst we we can't freeze outside something must give mm -hmm. they'll help we, you we, we'll 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 squeeze wherever we squeeze mm -hmm. uh, but of course you don't want to put people in such an awkward position. I mean, you're not you're not even climbing with them. It's these are strangers mm. you've met on the mountain. You don't want to put them in a position whereby uh, they don't have a choice. I I realized there was one small tent that was not being that no one was was coming in and out, like it was just there. So I went, I checked, I saw there was no one inside. There's nothing inside. So I told Chariot, if no one comes to occupy this tent, mm -hmm. this is the tent we'll use. Mm -hmm. We'll sleep here and midnight we start our summit push. Mm -hmm. And because uh, now I was waiting, I was told one of the directors of uh, Elite Expert, Migma David, mm -hmm. was coming with clients to Camp 4. I had met him earlier at Base Camp and at Camp 2. And we had had some conversations uh, and, and uh, you know he's a nice guy we, we we had talked and everything so I felt like he was come to us I'll just talk to him and tell him I there was a tent that the the the, um, the chef was using I'll just use that we'll just use that the kitchen tent mm -hmm. now when he came he came with more clients than even the tent so even him, the tent that I was thinking that we, they would, we would use, the, the, the kitchen, mm. him and some two shepherds occupied that tent. Mm -hmm. So we, we knew, well, we can't, <laughs> our, our plan B is, is done. Eh? What time was that? So that was around 2, 2.30. Okay. So, but, but then when you see now when he came, I, 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 I didn't even ask him because I was very observ observative. Like I was observing movements of shepherds and all who is in what tent just to see if there is a tent free. 
there was no tent that was free apart from that one small tent yeah. like a one man tent somewhere in a corner so so i realized once once they came they were trying to allocate clients um and then uh, this time we're just standing outside i'm just uh, i'm uh, yeah i'm just standing watching okay. and then uh, he, he he said then he has to use the the the, the kitchen tent with these other with two other shepherds so i was like it would be too much of a push to go and ask to share a tent so i took my stuff went to the small tent i didn't put the stuff inside the tent but at the balcony of the tent put the cooking stuff and started cooking something i think yeah. noodles of soup i can't remember what but and boiling water for you know there was need to constantly drink hot water and where was chariot uh, then chariot was sitting somewhere in a on a, on a rock okay once in a while uh, doing a few paces here and there so alikwacha your drama you go sort out for us he was also once in a while talking to a shepherd a new if a, if a new shepherd comes he would talk to him okay uh, where are you sleeping can we share this tent we were even telling them we don't want to sleep we just want to sit down and shelter ourselves from the wind that's all we want we don't even want to sleep we don't you you can sleep we can sit down somewhere but you see these tents are not as big so even asking that was also asking for too much but we were asking also maybe the, you see the tents you have that balcony that you keep yeah. the luggage yeah we just wanted to even sit there some shelter some shelter just some kind of shelter yeah it is crazy that we were doing this at 7400 meters i mean it <laughs> but we were like well if it doesn't work completely we just go back to camp 2 okay. and start again so and also we were also alive to the fact that the mountain doesn't give you good weather indefinitely we we we, we were also take that opportunity yeah we we, we need to take that opportunity because all this time all these days we are doing that the weather is fantastic for a summit guys are summiting and we know the weather will close um any time yeah we had planned for a 28th uh, summit that this was 20 i think it was 24th yeah cuz we submitted 20 that was 23rd mm -hmm. but we thought if we go back to camp 2 and camp and base camp uh, then we may not have enough time to rest okay. to start the summit push again but also we also knew that uh that is the projected 28th and 24th and 24th those are four days anything can happen in between okay. but looking at the weather 24th night 25th night it was okay so we thought, why your... don't we use this time okay so we so when it was now evening uh 6 6:30 guys are getting to their tent to sleep we just decided let's sleep at this this small tent that doesn't seem to have anyone but um we thought this is one of the tents that looked like one of those professional climbers 
like they either climb uh, alone or with a small group of people so because it was not a company tent like it was not like branded, uh, branded. Okay. not like uh, seven not seven summits not it was like those standalone tents so we thought if this guy comes we'll just have to explain to him we just hope he doesn't come today mm-hmm. or tonight we just sleep and leave so we even started saying we uh, i i wish we had a pen we we leave our contacts mm-hmm. so that if to he comes him. yeah to pay him because we were ready to pay like we used your tent at come for uh, we would want to appreciate whatever and because those tents are expensive yeah. people actually pay a lot of money to take those tents there and set them so then we talked to some guys who were next and they were like ah those guys we saw them they are our friends you can use the tent and they will not come until tomorrow okay so we we, we slept there with with full knowledge that uh, no one is coming at exactly 10 it was actually 10:03 10 p.m. yes 10 p <laughs> no, 10 p.m. because I, I when i had that noise i looked at my watch i had some footsteps around the tent and then someone opening the tent mm-hmm. and a huge russian accent of a voice what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> why are you sleeping then what? yeah we were sleeping uh-huh. what are you doing in my tent this guy had just arrived at camp 4 it's at you could hear the, the anger the anger in his voice eh uh shining the torch so we woke up and we told him no don't worry uh we'll just leave uh your friends told us you're not coming and no 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 and then he calmed down he calmed down and then told, said okay no problem no problem uh, um you because there were two now the other guy arrived okay so he wasn't alone So the other guy came and he was like he, he really needed somewhere to get in like he was cold and everything. So quickly quickly we removed everything from the tent and we were out again. The guys came in but we told them sorry and um, anyway they were like they dismissed the whole thing afterwards after their anger calmed down and they were like okay no problem. Uh, so Now we are out mm-hmm. of the tent the at is in the cold at what time 10 p.m. So um I was I, I told Cheriot um we were supposed to start our summit push at midnight. It's two hours to midnight. We can start that summit push now. This is not too much of a difference in, in terms of time. And if we were to arrive at the summit at probably 6 we can go slowly and arrive at what uh, that 6 well i think at some point chariot went to a tent where the sh- uh, some of the shepherds were sleeping and trying to talk to them and i told him don't bother let's 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 prepare mm-hmm. and start our summit push and uh, after talking to two shepherds 
and seeing they are not ready to accommodate us. Not they were not ready, they didn't have the space. Um, we just decided let's let's get ready. And a tent can fit only two people. Yeah, most tents can fit. You can squeeze and fit three or four. But you, you see, these people, you are not, it's, first of all, it's not an emergency. And this, these guys have been telling you to go down to the lower camps the whole, the whole day. day <laughs> and you've been refusing. So it would be in, improper for <laughs> us to also impose ourselves on them. So, um, so we, we, we just decided, let's just prepare. So we prepared everything. Apo to inje. We prepared, uh, put on our clothes, whatever, whatever we needed. We left our bags outside and just outside one of the tents and we started climbing up. At around, at around 11 p.m. Okay. is when we started climbing. So we climbed. What we didn't realize is that climbing without oxygen is tiring, it's tiresome. Initially it was okay. You are, and then you see, when we started climbing, we didn't have enough or proper provisions. Like we didn't have hot water, which was very, would have been very important. For drinking. Yeah, cause we couldn't, we tried lighting the fire out in the open. Uh, the wind was too much. So we couldn't heat water. We couldn't do anything. We just took whatever snacks, and the snacks we had was just a few bars of uh, sneakers, and that was it. Actually, we just climbed with sweets and sneakers. No water. <laughs> yeah, because oh, there's no, yeah. there's no, yeah, yeah we... Can't light your banner. Yeah, so we, 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 st we started climbing, and um, after an hour or two, now we, we saw torches now approaching us. Now the guys now started midnight. They, 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 they were just coming at us, you know. In no time they caught up. They are, they, they, they are all, they have all these oxygen. Sometimes you would see someone very far. Mm -hmm. You turn, you take two steps, they are just right behind you. And you're like, okay. Because mm -hmm. uh, you try to take like 10 steps. Because at one point I started counting steps. Mm -hmm. One, two, up to 10 stop one two up to ten i stop the more the higher we went the counting became fewer like i would count five then it got to a point that you're doing one two three stop one two three stop because and then we we were very careful not to move to to to, to push too fast because we didn't know how the body would react at that height. So we were going very slowly or within our comfort levels, let me say that. And guys started summiting and we would now start meeting with guys coming down mm -hmm. as we were still climbing. <laughs> Is that at any point, did you feel like giving up um, um, or still continuing? Not really. We, we knew that we'll get to the summit somehow. Because I think at some point we said we can handle a long day 
we can handle pain. What we can't handle is health issues. Mm -hmm. So, so long as we don't have health issues, like those pulmonary edemas, cerebral edemas, and all those high altitude sickness stuff, mm -hmm. so long as we don't have those, or we don't experience such, eh, we can still continue climbing, even if it takes another two days to get to, 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 to summit. So I told Cherry, we have a whole day to summit this mountain, to square the pressure. Because at some point he asked me, do you have the energy to get to the summit? And I said, yeah, I feel like I do. But we are going together, right? Because I, when he asked that, my mind was like, are you bailing out? Mm -hmm. And I was like, we are either summiting together or we are going back together. So when he asked me that, I'm like, no, I don't think he was bailing out, but he was, he was like, if you have the energy to get faster to the summit, you go. He would eventually get to the summit, but not together, but I didn't want that. So I, 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 I told him, we have the whole day to summit, let's take our time. Tuta summit, ile time tuta summit. We'll just summit whenever time, whenever we summit. Mm -hmm. But we are summiting. Mm -hmm. And if we have health problems, we turn back. And not one of us, both of us. Mm -hmm. So, so we, we just continued, pole pole. So we eventually summited at around 12 midday. So you see, even when we were thinking, oh, we would arrive at six in the morning, if we, if we left at, at 10, uh, still we would have probably arrived uh, much later. Yeah. So we, uh, we arrived at the summit at around between 12, 12.30. So about 13 hours yeah, yeah. summit push. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, I, I arrived just a, f a few minutes earlier than Cherrywood because there are, there are some things I needed to do at mm -hmm. the summit, like take, uh, I had carried my kids' toys mm -hmm. and um, I had told them I'll bring them back to them after they get to the summit. So I wanted to take a photo, a photo evidence that mm -hmm. I got to the summit and, and um, now they have the toys back. So I wanted to arrive a bit, like five minutes earlier so that I can have this time to do all these things. But then when we arrived at the summit, we realized it was a very windy summit, very, very windy. We couldn't even get the flag to fly and get a proper photo. Because um, the moment you try to get the flag out, it's, it's almost blown out of your hands. Mm. It was extremely windy. The summit is a very sharp summit, so there's nowhere to stand on the summit. You, you clip yourself to the rope okay. that is right at the summit, because you can easily fall. Uh, and it's only one person at a time. It's only, yeah, it can only be one person at a time. Okay. It's a very sharp summit. Okay. Like a small rock outcrop. You've been, you have you been to Batian? No, not yet. Okay. Become <laughs> a Batian. No, it's even, you see, Batian, you can stand on top of the rock. Yeah. The Batian rock. Yeah. This one, you can't even stand on top. Okay. Yeah. It's on the side. It's on the side. You have to, 
you have to anchor you, you have to clip yourself on the rope after such like a tough climb yeah. like when you summit is it like like for me normally when i summit i'm more like relieved than happy yeah like those ones like oh, <laughs> yeah yeah how was it it, like it was you? actually it was a relief to see the summit mm. but i think uh we were actually quite happy to get to the summit because there were a lot of self-doubts between Camp 4 and the summit because of the uh, mostly because of the pace we were moving at it was too slow it was too slow okay too too slow to the point that you are thinking is it my fitness level that has gone down mm. but then you have to realize you come back and realize this is new altitude for you you've you're, you're climbing this without oxygen your acclimatization was not ideal because the highest we, go, we got was just below camp three when i met names at camp two and i briefly told him what we are trying to do he told me because he was in a hurry taking clients down he told me make sure you sleep at camp three and you touch camp four then come go down to base camp before you try your summit push same advice i was given by mingma david okay go sleep at camp three touch camp four and come down rest then try the summit push well we didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We didn't get to camp, we didn't sleep at camp 3 we didn't touch camp 4 we we just went uh and borrowed a tent and borrowed a tent at camp yeah. 4 and decided to try for the summit so we 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 knew that we would have a very long summit day uh just that we didn't think it was that it would be that long but we were ready for it we were like mentally prepared because at some point we said we can we can handle even a 36 hour summit so we were ready to go even for 48 hours well what about the now the descent what was your plan after summiting so the descent we the, we had only one plan there was no two ways about it we had to go back to camp two because okay. you see we didn't have a tent at camp four and our experience the, that that day we spent at camp 4 the resources at camp 4 are extremely uh, scarce and they are even overused so we couldn't bank on borrowing a, a tent again at camp 4 we didn't know anyone at camp 3 so our tent was at camp 2 we had to go back down to camp 2 so we go went we 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 started descending we arrived at around 4 pm at camp 4 uh took like um, like an hour's break uh, you know trying to melt snow make 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 tea and uh, prepare some uh you know something, some, to, some, eat. something to eat or mm. soup okay and then uh, so and started going down just when it was getting dark we started going down to camp three like that, that's where drama started drama. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah okay when we are coming from the summit 
there is a point that I just fell and slid all the way down. Luckily, I was still on the rope. My harness, okay. the, 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 the safety uh, uh, rope, was, I mean, my harness was, was still, still on the rope. On. I was clipped on. Mm. So I just went down, like 100 meters, but it is there was no rocks. It was just snow and ice, so there was no injury. Ice axe, summer, how do you... No, 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 no. No, no, you see, I, I, I got to the end of the rope. Okay. So, I, I, I stopped. And, uh, so, that, that, that was one, but it wasn't scary because it was, it was, it was... It's like a an, slide. A slide. Okay. Uh, luckily, and it was not like in a cliff, on a cliff or something, it was, it was... It more of an open but a a a a a steep descent. Okay. Then we started going down. I think a few meters. I lost my right hand glove. <laughs> um, the 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 thick glove that I was yeah, using. The mitten. Not not the mitten. Uh. The I had I had the mittens. I had thin gloves and very thick gloves that are waterproof that okay. uh, to you know you can't work the rope with the mittens yeah so this is a five finger glove but but very thick waterproof okay. very warm then you uh, to help me now work the ropes so i i i, I just placed it was just a mistake on my side because i placed them my bag on the on, on the ice and I removed the glove because I wanted to remove my my flask and drink some water. So as I was removing the flask, I I I touched the glove that I placed on my bag, mm. and it just rolled down the 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 the, 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 the cliff. Mm -hmm. And then I think as I was trying to grab the glove. My flask also followed, so now I, I see I don't have the glove and I didn't even drink the hot water. So now, and how high were you then? Around just below camp, it was like two three ropes from camp four, so it was probably seven, seven two, seven less mm. like seven two or seven seven three. So when I lost that glove, I was like not a madablam stuff again you know so now i was I, I removed the mitten now to put the mitten now with the um with the thin glove but every time i needed to switch ropes or to work the ropes i had to remove the mittens mm -hmm. uh, so that that exposed the fingers a bit but not too much because Immediately after that, I could I, I would get back the mittens, mm -hmm. so it was not a a, a huge exposure. Um, so we started going down. I was a bit ahead of Chariot, and at some point, I started feeling something, you know, some pain on this hand, uh, where the surgery was before, and I think I I, I said I'll go down very fast. And wait for chariot at, at the camp, camp mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. But then um, 
when I got to camp three, I thought maybe I, when I turned back, I couldn't see his torch because so I thought maybe I should wait for him. But we don't have a tent at camp three. So I just uh, looked for an empty tent. That time, there were some guys who had started their summit climb from camp three. So I knew there were some empty tents okay. somehow. So I just got into one and slept and wait, waited. Everyone who was passing, I, I, I would shout, chariot, and then it wasn't him. So at some point, I, I, I blacked out. And then at some point now, I heard his voice calling out to someone to ask for hot water. So I, I got out. And uh, so, so we went to this tent and there was a shepherd who gave us water and then even gave us, made coffee for us. And uh, then we continued going down. It's quite a journey. To camp two. Now, mm. when we were at taking that tea or I mean coffee at camp three is when now Chariot is telling me he fell in a crevice, into a crevice. Now I had seen that crevice he was talking about because it's a very sharp descent and then the rope uh, towards the end of the rope is a huge crevasse that had opened up. Before it wasn't that huge. It was just a small thing that you could just jump. But it was now very huge. So even when I was coming down, I had seen it. But then I managed to, you know, use the rope and whatever to, to, avoid, it. to avoid it and jump on the other side. Okay. But, but he, luckily now he was still clipped on the rope when he fell, but it took a lot of effort to get out. Eh? So that's why actually he took time to get to, to me three. to come three. And I, at some point I thought maybe I should consider start going back up to check on him. But then I would go out and see some torches. So I couldn't tell where they are going up or coming down. And I thought, let me just wait a bit. So, eventually... And when he fell, he was just alone. He was just alone, yes. Yeah. Then, uh, eventually, he got to a tent at Camp 2. Mm. So, the, the idea was very early in the morning, wake up, break the tent, get back to base camp. Uh, but uh, I think we were just too tired. So, we woke up in the morning... Um, it started snowing very heavily. So you we were like, let's wait for the snow to, you know, uh, for the weather to clear so that we can, we can at least get out of the tent and dismantle the tent, pack and everything. So we didn't want to pack in that storm and the snow. But the weather was not improving. The weather was not improving. So we stayed in, uh, in the tent for up to around 2, 2 p.m. And then we decided... We have to go down. We can't sleep here. Um, so, snow or not, we we just we, we start packing and go down. Mm -hmm. That time, at Camp 2, guys had started dis, uh, leaving the mountain. So, uh, the big companies, Akina Elite Expand, they had removed their tents already. 
So the camp was looking very deserted actually. And it was not inspiring for anyone even to, to stay there. Behind. Yes. Okay. There were a few people who were still climbing to go summit. But they, they, and then the weather at that point was not the best. It was snowing throughout the day. It was dull. It was, most of the time, it was a whiteout. So we were actually grateful that we managed to summit because I was like, this would be this, the weather and the, the conditions would be climbing in now if in we had initial plan. Yeah, if we had stuck to the 28th okay. summit. And, 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 the, and you see, there were fewer people on the mountain. And the, the people you are, you are finding, they were going down, not even up. Very few people are going up. And then you, you get to this camp too and you find that either guys are, you know, removing their tents or they have already removed their tents. So eventually now we, we, we dismantled our tent at camp two and we started descending. Uh, by the time we got to camp one, it was starting to get dark. And actually, now that is where Chariot uh, thought there was an eclipse. Because he still thought it was daytime. So he was like, it's getting dark, meaning it's, it must be an eclipse. Because he thought we left the camp in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. So he was like, but he, you know, he told me, there's an eclipse <laughs> and I, and there was there was a glimmer of of of, of um, a crescent moon eh? okay so i i'm like maybe it's an eclipse but and then i thought does an eclipse happen at night because mm -hmm. i was aware it was night it was around seven but so i thought well i said okay yeah there, it must be an eclipse then it hit me does an eclipse? What is an eclipse? Mm. It doesn't happen at night. Mm. So him, he thought it was still daytime. It's it's when we arrived at the lower camp one, then he realized actually it's at night. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. So he started going down again. We at least we stopped at the lower camp. We were really um, tired and thirsty and everything they gave us. They gave us, they made us tea. I mean, they... they, they now your base camp team. No, 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 not the base camp team. The, yeah. There were some shepherds okay. for seven summit treks that we got there in their kitchen tent. Okay. So they told us to sit there. They got, they got you know, they, they started engaging in conversations and all. Um, and uh, after that is now when we started going down so i was way and and then i started feeling cold because this time i had removed the summit jacket and everything and i was i was not warmly dressed so at some point when he started going down from lower camp uh i started feeling a bit cold so i started walking faster so i left chariot like let's say 10 15 minutes behind and at some point, I get into this crevice. Uh, you know, between the lower camp one and the base camp, there's a huge ice field with a lot of crevices. But because of the weather, the crevices have been expand had been expanding over time. So I get to this one, 
they had even put a ladder and before there was no ladder because mm -hmm. it had widened enough now you can't jump yeah so i arrived and i stand there now i clip on the safety rope and then i'm i'm, I'm trying to figure out do i use the ladder there was a a narrower space or do i jump And then suddenly, the ice beneath me gave way, like... Just at the edge. Just at the edge, it gave way and I found myself inside the crevice, hanging. Because it was a huge crevice and you could hear water flowing beneath the crevice. Right. But luckily, I had clipped on, on the safety rope that was running across the crevice. Mm -hmm. So, I took some time to pull myself up. And, and sit now again at the edge and then this is at night and you're alone also yeah but chariot was behind okay. so i wasn't worried because okay. if i if i thought if i'm not able to pull myself up he'll help you there was a shepherd i had just passed so i knew the shepherd would catch up with me and chariot was also behind so they would catch up luckily i managed to pull myself out and now use the ladder and eventually get to the base camp. Huh? So by the time I got to the base camp, all I wanted was to warm my hands because now, because of the lost glove, I, I, I could feel and I didn't want frostbite uh, to manifest. So luckily, I got there in time, got warm water and warmed my hands and everything. And um, so... The, 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 I was very determined to get down on that mountain, or, 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 you know, yeah. under my own uh, energy and no, know, help. no help. I didn't want a repeat of a madablam. Because uh, even when I arrived at the base camp, the, the, the guy, the operator who arranged for us the base camp service was like, you know, you have insurance for a helicopter. Why don't you just ask for a helicopter to take you to hospital? Because he could see, mm. the, you know, my previous uh, surgery points had been irritated. Mm. You know, the skin grafts had formed um, blisters. And even on, on some of the fingers, there were blisters. Mm -hmm. As I warmed my hands, as the, warm, the hands became warmer, the blisters became bigger. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to hospital just to warm my hands because that is exactly what they will be doing in the hospital. Mm -hmm. So why should I? Then let's walk back to a place where we can take a 4x4 four four vehicle back to Kathmandu. <laughs> so the following morning, the following morning we dismantled base camp and we took some the, you know, the, the mules yeah. to carry the luggage went back down and trekked for another three days. And the blisters, like, were they painful or...? No, 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 they were not painful. Okay. Um, but they were, they, they, you know, they, they were not painful at all. Uh, but, but I couldn't bust them because they were also protecting the tissue beneath. Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't want to bust them because I also didn't want infection. Because I was still on the trail, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, so when we arrived at Kathmandu is when now I went to hospital uh, just to do some dressing yeah. to, uh, to, to prevent any form of infection. Yeah. And right now your hands are wrapped. There. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are out because now, when now the, the blisters burst, some of them burst on their own. They, they, they are wounds that are left now to heal. Because now you remove the skin. Now the, the, the tissue is exposed. So I need, I need now that, that the tissue to heal and new skin to grow without uh, having infection. So this one is to prevent any form of infection. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's quite I, 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 I actually after Kathmandu, after the dressing in Kathmandu, I came back here for the last for for like one week or, or nearly two weeks. I didn't even go to hospital or anything. I was just uh, I went to the pharmacy, bought some supplies for cleaning and all. But then I thought probably is good go to hospital so that I can accelerate the healing because now I get better better um, dressing like use medi honey and these these um, these these are silver coated wrapping mm -hmm. that we that the doctors use to accelerate the healing and before they claim you, you take insurance? Yeah, yeah. We, we took uh, travel insurance and then when we arrived, we took evacuation. Okay. Local evacuation insurance. Eh? That we could be evacuated by helicopter, at least to a, to a hospital. We really hoped that we, we didn't need it. We, we, we did not need it. Luckily, we, we, we didn't need it. But it was very, very difficult to get proper insurance from here. Mm. So for that, we just took travel, the normal travel insurance, which we knew uh, mountaineering is not covered. That's why we took now the other cover, the evacuation, the evacuation okay. cover. And Cheriota was he health-wise? Uh, well, he, 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 he held. <laughs> <laughs> There's a story there. He held up to the end, but um, after the first acclimatization climb, when we went back to base camp, uh, he had, um, you know, when you breathe, you hear your lungs making bubbling noise. There's liquid in there. Yeah, that's uh, pulmonary edema. Mm. He, he had that for a day or two. But luckily, we had we had bought some medication. Uh, what is it called? Diamox. Diamox and, and dexmethasone. Yes. Okay. So he took a few tablets, um, and 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 he felt better. Uh, so luckily, we took instead of two days at the base camp. Mm. Before we went back again, we took three days. So it also gave him time to recover properly. Uh, it was, and of course, after that, of course, there was those inevitable headaches, but not those headaches that are, you know, there are some headaches that are defining. Mm -hmm. I have learned to differentiate my different types of headaches. Mm -hmm. 
like there's a headache i would feel and i know this is this is just minor altitude thing and if i slow down a bit it will it will disappear okay but there's a headache i normally feel like there's a time i turned around at on kilimanjaro there's a headache you feel and you know this is not this this is not a good headache which one of those like a sharp like a sharp at the tip of your head okay very very sharp uh, pain I've, i've learned to listen to the different how i feel there is also a way I, i i feel tired and i feel this this is not just being tired this is nausea setting in or something like that we had a few moments of that but nothing that we couldn't handle we kept checking on each other like health wise how are you feeling um do you think it is do you think we can proceed do you think it's you know we 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 should continue or should we go down we had a lot of those moments trying to um keep each other safe and trying to help each other make sound decisions because i know i can push myself to a point of breaking but probably if you tell someone else by the way i'm feeling this kind of a thing they may be able to make that decision on your behalf and that may save your life so we we kept communicating with each other like how do you feel uh are you fit do you are you fit enough to proceed do you think we should wait here i mean we we we, we kept okay checking with each other and so now knowing what's like with everything that happened what is there anything that you would change should you or someone else do the climb climb with shepherds <laughs> they are there for a reason <laughs> <laughs> So you'll never do that again. I I I I cannot claim with without shepherds again. It's it's um at least have someone to take your supplies to the higher camps mm. at or at least set up your camp. Cause I realize that that was more of a challenge for us than even the oxygen thing. So have someone to help you. He may not carry the full load but help each other by the time you get to the higher camp like camp 4 at least the tent is ready it's set your own tent your own tent is <laughs> yeah yeah not not <laughs> you're not going to try and borrow a tent and spend the whole day you know borrowing tents eh? mm-hmm. um at least the tent is ready because sometimes you get to those high altitudes and you really have no energy to set up a tent um what some of our plans were, were were we had to change some of our plans because we couldn't wake up so early to dis- to to remove the tent and move with it to the higher camp you know you you are you are waking up at 4 you we want to wake up at 4 or even start hiking to the next camp at even 3 pm but you don't want to be 
dismantling that your tent Do at 3 a.m. Mm. It's freezing. It's uh, the tent is probably covered in snow and everything. So we couldn't we couldn't do some of these things like we we couldn't climb from camp one to camp two or camp two to camp three starting at 4 a.m because we, we 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 don't want to start removing yeah. the tent at at 4 a.m okay. it's too cold it's too the the wind is unbelievable so we had to wait probably until six or seven and by then you think it will take to to remove the tent and to go up to the higher tents and set it again then let's just climb without tent we'll come back and sleep here so it changed our acclimatization and our climbing uh, uh, plan and that also made the summiting a bit difficult because uh, um, I believe we, we had probably slept at Camp 3 and went all the way or near Camp 4 and came back down like Nims and the other guy was uh, advising us would have had a quicker and an easier summit. But uh, we chose something different and we had to work with it. Luckily, it worked for us. Yeah, you made it. Yeah, we made it. But next time I wouldn't I wouldn't go without at least a shepherd. Okay. At least to help set up the tent. So that if you want to start climbing at three in the morning, which is ideal, you do that instead of waiting for and then by the time you get to the next camp, you have a ready tent. Yeah. Yeah. So for someone who wants to do it, shepherd support, you do the normal rotation. Yeah. What other tips do you have for um for 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 an eight thousand for the lower eight thousand mm. i would still encourage people to try without using supplemental oxygen that one um i, I would still encourage anybody who wants to try get get support get shepherd support try doing it without supplemental oxygen because that, that, that tells you how far your body can go, how well you can handle stress. And you see, um, if you're planning, especially for a higher mountain, like Everest or K2, then you, are, you, you know how it feels to be in such high altitude. Even if you do Everest with supplemental oxygen, if anything wrong goes up there, your body will not be in shock. Mm -hmm. you, you, you will have experienced such altitude or near similar attitudes to be able at least to survive. So I would still uh, encourage people to go to the, at least to the lower 8,000s without supplemental oxygen but get 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 shepherds those shepherds they there's something they know we don't okay. they, they they know how to read the mountain we to their credit we were consulting them a lot how do we summit what's the best time to start the summit we, we were consulting we were not just doing things blindly we like 
when we were at the base camp, we, we, we used to go to the Seven Summit tent and just talk to those guys. Get some tips. If we want to summit from Camp 2, what time do we start? If we want to, uh, or, and then ask them, how is the weather forecast? We had, we had weather forecast. Uh, we had a site for weather forecast, but it's also good to hear someone's um, opinion. Opinion, mm -hmm. and we, and they would tell us on this night, we there is expectation of high, you know, heavy snow. So, uh, and then. In the course of, even if it doesn't have to do with that particular mountain, in the talk, course of conversation, uh, they, you would know that it is not advisable to, to climb a day after heavy snow because there is the risk of avalanche. So you learn by interacting with them and uh, not just going and keeping at your Exploring. tent. And, yeah. And as we said, it was a learning climb. It was a climb to help us understand the high mountains. Yeah. So one out of 14 picks done. What are your future, <laughs> <laughs> future goals? Ah, one out of 14. Mm. Let me say this. I think when I started serious climbing, when I started climbing, I didn't, I didn't have any goal. I just wanted to climb with people. But when I started serious climbing, like going to Lenin Peak, going back to, I had a few goals. And uh, I think I have, I have met most of the goals, probably 70, 80%. Um, I know I don't want to climb forever. I said I will start climbing when it stopped becoming fun. So the next challenge would be to climb Mount Everest without supplemental oxygen. That is the next challenge. And we are hoping this, 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 this is a combined challenge uh, for myself and Chariot. So we are planning to push that for next year, April, May season. Um hopefully we can we can we can we can we can get the funding for that because we managed to fund our Manaslu climb uh, which is not uh, cheap what's the budget of Manaslu versus Everest Everest is like almost four times Manaslu in terms of budget and Manaslu is how much exactly Manaslu we did the basic package like get us to base camp we'll figure the rest eh? so we paid for the base camp for license and getting to base camp we paid uh, six thousand dollars per person and then the, the cost of hiring gear food flights insurance everything probably spent around eight nine thousand dollars per person So Everest times four. So Everest um, comes to the least package. The least package is about 40, $45,000. Yeah, that's the least package. 
awesome. We'll be rooting so for you. If you, you can do it. If you, if you, if you want now luxury, like getting to the base camp uh, through helicopter instead of trekking for six days, of course now, now the budget. You can you can pay anything from forty forty five thousand to a hundred thousand, depending on what what you want. Okay. But we as we we we. we we don't ask for much. We ask for the basic. Just get her to the mountain. We'll, we'll and Sherpa support now. And now, and Sherpa support. At least you remove the cost of the oxygen. One oxygen tank costs around $800. And for such a climb, you need around four to six tanks. That's almost $5,000. Yeah, so at least... Us climbing without oxygen saves $5,000 up front. Will you be crowdfunding for Everest? Um, yeah, we will. We, we, we uh, think, we, we hope to get some sponsors, corporate sponsors. Um, but uh, I think if by certain period we've not gotten the, the required amount, then we, we, we crowdfund. What's the... That period, the you know we limit. we plan for Everest April May next year, so we, we hope something will will come up by December January. Yeah. Sawa sawa. Yeah. So the next segment of this podcast is the answering your question segment. So there's okay. questions from my Instagram audience. Okay. All right. First question. Mm-hmm. What's your layering system while you're at like very high altitude? Ah, um, layering. Okay. Um, for the for the feet, it's the high altitude boots. That boot has two layers: the inner thermal layer, and you can remove it and even probably walk around the tent or either even at the base camp with it. So. You you wear the inner the inner thermal layer. It's like a proper boot, a small boot, like a big a bigger socks, with 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 um, with thermal layering. And now you put now the outer layer, the big the, now the big boot that people see. Mm-hmm. That that keeps uh, that keeps water, snow, ice out of your feet to prevent um, um, frostbites on of, of of the feet, and then. Upper body, lower about, and upper body. What about socks? Ah, socks. How many pairs? Uh, just one pair, but one thick mountain mountain uh, socks. We we were, we we were able to buy some thick thick socks. Uh, some people prefer to wear two pairs of socks, but I find that um, sometimes if they get wet or sweaty, they start some friction. And that can give you blisters. So if you can get one pair of socks, but you carry two or three other pairs, so you climb from camp one to camp two, then the following morning, because this one is likely to have sweat, you wear change, you changed uh, another pair. Okay, the legs. The legs. Um, I wore um, uh, two tights, two two layers of tights. One is a normal long johns tights that also acts like an underwear. 
is actually a mountain underwear, but it's long, like up to the up, up to, to the feet. And then I wore another warmer tight that that is also waterproof. That is Gore-Tex. And now um, for the summit, I wore now the summit suit. But for the lower climbs, I wore now um, the normal climbing pants. Inside, I mean above the two layers of tights. Okay. And then uh, ab above, uh, above, it depends the on the altitude. The upper part of the body it depends on the altitude. On the very high altitude, like the summit night, I had of course the the base layer that I, I wear every every other time, even on Mount Kenya. Base layer, it's a very light material that absorbs um, that lets sweat uh, pass through, so that, that you you are not damp. Mm -hmm. So I have um, base layer. And I wore two, sometimes I would wear two thermo, two thermo layers, uh, depending on the altitude. And then uh, a jacket, a don jacket, and now the summit suit. Yes. The summit suit is like I would, like on the summit night, I wore... Two jackets, two summit, two two dawn very warm jackets. jackets. Not dawn. I wouldn't call them dawn. One of them is a dawn jacket. The other one is just a normal warm jacket. Okay. And then, and then on, and then I wore a very thin um, waterproof jacket, and then now the dawn suit. Yeah. And for the neck, head. Now for the for the for the neck. Of course, I we have that buffs. I wore like two buffs, one just to keep the neck warm and one to like wiping my nose or whatever. And then the other one is to keep the neck warm, but also to pull it up to prevent my me from breathing cold air. So I um, if I, if I feel like my my I'm, I'm i'm breathing too much cold there i would put the bath and then i wore a very warm balaclava that also uh, was stretching up to here we bought a, a very nice balaclava that has even a neck warmer mm -hmm. so that also is to keep your head very warm and also your neck warm um and then another another warm hat and then the, the 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 hood that comes with the with the with the, with the dawn jacket and the hands the hands the hands uh, on very high altitude you have uh you you wear the thin gloves the normal gloves that people climbs with or like mount kenya or abadeas with and then then you wear very thick gloves that are waterproof and then on the summit night, then we wear the mitten. The mitten, that is very cold. That keeps your you, you warm, your your hands very very warm. And then shades. Yeah, and they must be um, the UV, uh, UV effective. It not is 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 not necessary that they are polarized. Although polarized lenses helps you see better, 
But that UV protection is very important. It prevents you from becoming snow blind. Because um, there's a lot of UV reflection on the snow. And at that high altitude, you're more likely to be affected by the UV than anywhere else. Yeah, so the shades are, they are, they are not just for the looks, they are there, they have a purpose. Okay. Yeah. Before you... Before you embarked on your journey, did you write a will? <laughs> ah. I did not, but I did something. I... On my laptop, I created a folder on the on the desktop, and I put things there: copies of title deeds, logbooks, passwords, everything, bank accounts. <laughs> I did that, and I just left it there. Without, uh, I, I went to Nepal with a laptop. I, didn't, I did not um, tell anyone. And I told the organizer, the guy who was, uh, and I named the folder in case anything happens on Manasl, open the folder. So that had everything, sort of a will. Yeah. But I didn't like write a will or something. It's just instructions. Like kids, they, this is the shareholding of the company. This is the whatever. Uh, I have this company. I have this land somewhere. Something like that. Then I told the guy who was organizing because that that laptop was um, at the base camp. If anything happens. This is the address of my brother. Just make sure you DHL the, the laptop to him. to him. When he opens the laptop, he will, he will, he will, uh, he will know what to do. Mm. And it was titled <laughs> in case anything happens. Yes. Open. After we got back safely in Kathmandu, I deleted the folder. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. What's your was your worst experience during the climb? Worst experience? If any. Um, probably during the climb, I think the cold at Camp 4, as you are looking for tents. That place is cold. It, it was during the day, it was sunny, but the wind was coming with some chill factor that was making it a bit cold. And then uh, at some point, I started hyperventilating at Camp 4. Like, I felt very hot, very, very hot. And I started removing my jackets and I had to rush out of the tent to, to be able to breathe. And immediately, I was hit by that wind. Like, my eyes cleared, the, the fog that was in my head cleared. And then I started feeling cold again. And I went back. To, <laughs> to, to the tent and now started putting on the jackets again uh, it, it was that, that was a moment that I knew for a fact that I had some altitude issues because that was a manifestation of the brain trying to keep you warm oh really well you are actually feeling cold 
Yeah. So you felt hot, but you're actually cold. Yeah, but you see, the 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 the, the, the brain is trying to trick you a bit. Yeah, to tell you something else. How did you prepare for Manaslu or are you always ready? Think you're ready. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I think what, what changed from my normal preparation is now intentionally carrying weight to Mount Kenya, or okay. up, up Mount Kenya, and going to Lewis Glacier with ice axes, with uh, crampons to, to, to fill the ice. Yeah. But you said ideally you'd go to Ruenzori. Ideally, yeah. Time. In Africa, probably Ruenzori is the best because of the glacial climb. And of course, I climb up Mount Kilimanjaro because, because of the, um, the altitude. Yeah. How accessible are the high altitude gear like in the region, like here? Where can one get them? The high altitude gear, like the summit suits, the boots, a few people have them. I have the boots. Chariot bought the boots in Kathmandu. Uh, I think, I think, if I'm not wrong, KG has a summit suit that he used on uh, Kilimanjaro. I mean, uh, sorry, on Everest. Everest. Uh, but no one stocks them here because they, they don't have a use here. No one will stock a summit suit so you just have to buy you either buy or rent okay like for us we rented in Kathmandu um because even if you are to buy those suits are very expensive it's about a thousand a thousand five hundred dollars depending on the quality so if you are buying a thousand five hundred dollar summit suit and you cannot even use it on Kilimanjaro because it will be too hot for Kilimanjaro okay so then uh, there's no there's no one to unless now someone like KG who now actually got one for Everest and I think he came back with it so and for Everest would you buy or you'd still have? I I would for Everest I would want to buy the challenge with hiring and uh, is you get there and like for the boots why Chariot bought his boots he wanted to hire but we we went to around 10 shops and he couldn't get his size to hire um sometimes and even the first shop we went to hire when i got where i hired my summit suit suit sorry uh, where i hired my summit suit he couldn't get his size so we had to again move to the shops and sometimes you get a summit suit that is your size mm. but the quality is not that good so at some point you have to settle for something and may not, it may not be the best for a mountain like Everest you don't want to settle for whatever is available because you 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 want to make sure that whatever you are going up with is actually a tested brand or a tested material you don't want to go and you are at 8500 and you realize your your summit suit is 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 letting in cold at some point you know so at that point i would for everest if it's possible i would want to buy one
what medicine did you carry like with you for I guess emergencies? Diamox, that was that was one, and um, this is the medicine that prevents you from peeing and pooping. The one that is used for diarrhea, it's called the uh, imodium. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, I didn't. Whether I didn't use imodium, I, I think Chariot used imodium, but I didn't use imodium. I thought, well, um, but I carried. Okay. I carried just in case. Yeah, I carried I, I brufen just in case you maybe twist your ankle and there's a lot of pain, but you didn't have to use it. Yeah. And what about food wise? What did you carry? No food for the mountain. We carried. Basically, the, we didn't have much of a choice. It's uh, noodles, because you have to balance the, the your need for food and also the weight. So we we carried noodles. There are these uh, instant soups that you just need to put in hot water. We carried a lot of them. We carried some nuts, uh, a lot of uh, sneakers bar for that instant kick. Um, Beer and a few, uh, a few, just a variation of the soup, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, at come for some guys that were descending uh, gave us some ready ready to eat rice and some mixed, um, like like ready made food. You just need to. Put water. Put water and yeah. Oh, okay. mm. And uh, in your training plan, what was the most useful for your summit success? The yes. weight training. Weight training. Yeah, carrying the okay. Of course, running because it conditions you, and those long runs that you know those ultra runs. Although now that was that was not specific for the training, something that we do, but also now carrying intentionally carrying that weight between probably mount uh, i mean from when you're hiking mount kenya carrying that weight intentionally helped a lot so 20 mount kenya 20 kilo packs beba kilo 20 from med station baka makindas ikibidi go up to austrian heart Reps. yeah <laughs> that helped a lot because okay. now you you you're you're used to carrying this weight and also you are your bed your back your legs uh, get used to it. All right. Final question. Uh, what were the after effects after the climb? Of course, um, there was there is this uh, this bandage, uh, but this is majorly because of the previous frostbite that I got. So of course, uh, that the 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 the, the skin graft and all got irritated and now um, some some of the skin graft got a bit hard so have to remove um, uh, but overall everything is okay there's no there's nothing that is being lost that wasn't lost before Akuna homa. Akuna, yeah um, of course I don't know whether the skin has cleared is much darker than before. Uh, 
it, it will take a bit of time for the skin to clear the the, the dark spots the you see there are like two i don't see though Oh, has cleared, yeah. maybe well, uh -huh. or maybe but because of the light, they were there. Like you yeah. could see, you could see, uh, like where the shades were. For a long time, you could see the difference between the exposed, the skin that was exposed. They were much, much darker than than um, the before. It was even more pronounced when you look at Cherio's photos. Like there were like two shades in on the face, and then um, of course you have to. I run a business, so I have to come and try to catch up with everything, make sure that uh, my absence has not affected the business. So I've been more uh, engaged recently, so that to, just to make sure if there is something that needs to be done it's it's done everything is caught up now um and Cheriota was he afterwards in terms of he like after the climb like is it um like the question was after effects or oh, after effects yeah you see okay like for him his hands were not as affected as mine mm -hmm. um cause him um, he he had what we would call frost nip. It's not frostbite, so it's not. It's like you know, at the tip of the finger, mm -hmm. you have like a small blister that will disappear at some point, or you just give it time and it will disappear. Those are like frost nips. Just be just um, something. You you feel a bit of pain for a week or two but they will that that will disappear over time of course for him nothing at all will be lost no, nothing in fact he doesn't he doesn't need to do anything he just needs to continue being chariot and everything will running around <laughs> yeah Interesting. um health wise i don't think there is anything um and uh, I don't think the, uh, you become more acclimatized actually. If if we left and you are we were well rested and decided to run a marathon, probably we would run our fastest times. <laughs> because because now <laughs> you, have, fit. you are super fit at that point. By the time you get down, apart from the being tired, you are super fit. Yeah. Okay. And uh words for aspiring African mountaineers. Yeah, um, I realize that uh, these mountains are also accessible to us. We may not have such high mountains in Africa, but we can we can purpose to visit them. Um, some people have started by visiting their base camps, like uh, you've been to Everest base camp. Yeah. But the summit is also accessible to us. You just need to put just a bit of effort, be fit, and learn a few things uh, regarding safety especially but we are capable we have the stamina we have the physique and uh, the mental ability to achieve as the the same heights that these 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 um, western climbers and asians are, are, are achieving we, we can actually do it, it they are 
it's possible. And I encourage us to go out and do it. We, get, we got a lot of support from the Nepali shepherds, even if we didn't have shepherds of our own. Those ones we met on the mountain and on the trail, they gave us a lot of encouragement, they gave us a lot of support. And they are, they, they, they are happy to see Africans climb their mountains. So why not uh, take up the challenge and, and climb? Yeah. That's what's up. Cheers, Muhia. Thank you. Congratulations again. Asante Thanks sana. Thanks for coming. <laughs> and that's Asante. our episode. See you on the next one.